this is a unique place to come. Like if you want to live the adventure, it's the last frontier. Hi, this is Captain Adam Morton with the Canadian Army Podcast. So, you speak to your career manager and they tell you the good news. You've been posted up north near the 60th parallel. Joining me from Yellowknife in Northwest Territories is Warrant Officer Maxime Richard. He's the Operations and Training Warrant with the 1st Canadian Ranger Patrol Group. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for receiving us. It's really appreciated. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about your experiences up north and what's going on up there. Fantastic. So you find out you're posted up north. What was your reaction to that? So for us, uh, for my my family, because I have to include my family into that, right? Like it was a delight. We were so happy to come over here because we wanted to discover the North. We had some friends that were discussing about coming over here when I was in Winnipeg. And they were discussing about Yellowknife and he was like, it was almost like a dream, like you see in the movie, right? And when I arrived at the battalion, because I got posted back from Winnipeg to the battalion, to make a story short is that I learned that that posting was available to me. So I jumped on it and we're, we're so happy we did. So tell us a bit about yourself and tell me about your career leading up to this posting. So a little thing about my career, I've been uh, in the military for the last 19 years on my 20th year now, did all my infantry stuff. I'm part of the Royal 22e Regiment, I'm a 22s, and really, really proud to be one, uh, actually. the uh, So got deployed with the 22s in Afghanistan in 2007, 2010. I got deployed in Estonia with the Royal Welsh, our sister regiment that we have for the Vindus. And I got post to CIFSAT, the Canadian Forest School of Survival and Aeromedical Training, as a survival instructor over there. Really, really liked it. But as you know, in the military, you get post, right? So got promoted post back to the battalion, first uh, battalion of the Royal 22e Regiment. And uh, when I was up there, my friend was always talking to me about Yellowknife. And because I finished my time at the survival school, I wanted to learn more about survival. What is the best way to learn about survival than learning it from the expert? Well, it is to immerse yourself into that type of environment. So this is why I wanted to come here at 1CRPG, the Canadian Patrol Ranger Group, to discover and learn more about survival and to hone my skills about survival, right? And I got served really well. <laughs> you got what you signed up for, that's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how is this different from a regular posting? Well, coming over here, so I, I had the chance to be an RI, ranger instructor, and the platoon warrant, and now I'm the training warrant. But when I did my first year as a, a ranger instructor, I was able to discovered the North first, like the three territories, Nunavut, Yukon, and Northwest Territories. And like when you're you're deployed on a patrol, you're doing many, many jobs, right? You're a clerk, you're an instructor, you're a leader, a mentor, you're a navigator, uh, you're, you're doing range, you're learning about how to hunt animals, how to do ground search and rescue, how to do airstrip and all that type of stuff. So it, it is phenomenal, like the stuff that we're doing. So, and you're doing it all. Like I'm the QM2, like the quartermaster. So I'm bringing the equipment for the ranger in a charter, <laughs> charter plane. <laughs> Little airplane. 
<laughs> and we're bringing them their equipment that they need for them to monitor their patrol and to do the patrol that we're doing. So it is like totally different. Like we're having so much responsibilities on our shoulder when we're getting deployed on the land in those communities. It's pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable. So you're talking a little bit about patrols and some experiences as a Canadian Ranger instructor. And we hear a lot about the Canadian Rangers. I know they live and operate in a lot of remote areas across Canada on all three coasts. And they're pretty much everywhere. There's like 5,000 of them. But speaking of military personnel going up north, everybody who's been up there says the Canadian Rangers are the best. They know what they're doing up there. What does a Ranger patrol look like up north where you're at? So, like, it's typically looking as a normal infantry platoon, uh, like, with regards to the structure. Like, you're going to have that patrol commander, you're going to have the patrol 2IC, you're going to have section uh, that's going to have the uh, section commander, the section 2IC, and the section itself, right? But the Rangers are an extreme agile and mobile group of people that are almost comparable to guides into the north. They can deploy in any type of condition anywhere in the north, which is incredible. Like I went, did some patrols that we were navigating to 600 kilometers in snowmobile. I did some boat patrol where we were in uh, Wequity uh, and Gamity, where we were, we use boats to, to go to where we wanted to go. So it's, it's pretty unbelievable to look at the efficiency that those people are having to deploy on the land. That, that makes me wonder, like, uh, you know, if you look at your average infantry section, for example, and the different vehicles they might use, there's a lot of training that goes on there. Does any type of training take place with those mobility options? So are you doing snowmobile training, boat training, or is it kind of just everybody knows how to do it and you just roll with it? Oh, no, no. Like people are having multiple type of trainings. Uh, the one that we're focusing more is on the, the C-19, the weapon that they're they're having. So we want them to be like, it's a, a standard. They have to go with the uh, shooting program of the CAF in order to get qualified on, on this weapon, right? And it's something that we're monitoring into training as well. There's first aid training, wilderness first aid, standard first aid. They can get on driving course like we do in the military. They're in the military, right? So like they're doing the same type of training that we're doing. So they are doing it all. But most likely what is happening with uh, the Rangers is that they're living up there. They're living in the north. So they are the expert on how to live into their community, into their area. And this is why they're so useful for us, for the, the military as a whole. And they're, they're, they're so useful into their community as well. For example, Hay River Patrol in the Northwest Territory around the Great Slave Lake, they deployed to do a type one patrol that we call. And uh, while they were doing that, there was a... Not a, a crash, but there was like a hard landing for an airplane and the boys and the girls, they went and they did a ground search and rescue to help recover those pilots and bring them back to safety. So they're doing a lot of ground search and rescue. They're also working a lot with the search and rescue technician when they're deploying. So they're going to use them as well. So like they're doing a lot of that. The Rangers are helping a lot the communities and the North as a whole. 
So you mentioned, uh, you know, some of these patrols are are pretty long distance. Like, you know, in my mind, I think of a dismounted infantry patrol or something like that. You might cover like a couple of kilometers, but uh, you're talking about these pretty vast distances. How far have you traveled? Like, where have you been as part of this task? So I, I went in uh, the three territories, in Yukon, Norwest Territories, and Nunavut. Uh, and the three of them are so different as a whole. And I went also to hunt on the Canoe Heritage Trail. I had to, <laughs> to put it out there, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is something itself. <laughs> but um, the Yukon, like, uh, it has so much mountains, and uh, it is so different. So Mayo, Ross River, Farrow, Carmax, Carcross, uh, Whitehorse, and this is just in Yukon, and I, I'm forgetting, like, Watson Lake <laughs> and a couple of them. Norwest Territory, Gamity, Wikwiti, uh, Bichoco, Yellowknife, Fort Rez, Smith, Providence. Like, it, it's pretty intense with regards to the one Norman's Well as well. That is the entry of the Canal Trail on the north side. And uh, there's, in the Nunavut, uh, Baker Lake, Chesterfield Inlet, Rankin, the uh, Nayat, Repulse Bay, Arctic Bay on the Baffin, Kimirut, Ikaluit, Resolute Bay that is on Cornwallis Island. So as a ranger instructor, you're just deploy on all those communities and discovering them by yourself or with some colleagues or some friends, right? It is just unbelievable. The first patrol that I ever did was in Chesterfield Inlet. It was minus 55 degrees and we deploy 80 kilometers, me and a couple of rangers. And it was a quite eye-opener uh, for me, like looking at those aurora borealis, the northern lights in the evening, it was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's got to be quite the sight. People people work pretty hard to try and see that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are paying a lot of money and I'm getting paid to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, living a life of adventure. Hey, this is not what we all signed up for, right? <laughs> this is exactly right. And I was talking about that survival experience, right? Because this is what I wanted to do. And I like that example a lot is I went to Repulse Bay, Nayat in the Hudson Bay. And uh, we went on the traditional day and we went to hunt for caribous. And my patrol commander that was with me and one of my other colleagues from uh, one CRPG, and uh, they show us a different way to dispatch a caribou, a barren land caribou, which is like uh, taller than a dog, but a smaller than the mountain caribou. And uh, we opened it and we made a backpack out of his rib cage with the ligaments of the animal. And I was like, this is why I came over here. This is what I want to learn from them. But not only that, there, there's always like those little, little tips that you're, you're learning from them, how to do a clovich on a comatic uh, in order to, to attach your equipment. Because like a comatic, it's just a pallet of wood with two skis, right? So you want to make sure that your kit is fixed over there because you're going to travel like that 600 kilometers, 800 kilometers in snowmobiling. So you want to make sure that everything is tight. But the Rangers showed us how to make sure that everything was stable there. And after that, you're becoming more efficient at it. So it's just a fantastic, fantastic experience. It's interesting that you mentioned the uh, the clove hitch and the challenges tying that because in a previous podcast, we talked to uh, Captain Carl Peltier from the 35CBG Arctic Company Response Group. And he was saying how you can't use plastic buckles and stuff and you take it for granted. And those things just explode when it's like minus 50 and you can't you can't just use plastic anymore. It's not a thing. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I met Captain Pelletier from the RG when I was in Ottawa doing a planning conference for Upnanook and Resolute. And uh, yeah, really, really good guy. And this is what it is, right? Like you need to learn when you're up here how to just dress yourself, how to use the onion layers technique to dress yourself. When you're warm, you want to undress yourself. When you're cold, you want to put some insulation layers and stuff like that, right? So there's a lot of stuff that we're thinking that it is easy down south, but over here, because of the climatic condition, it is way more interesting. I'll say it like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, you you know, you're talking about some people would have been like, oh, gross, like ribcage backpack. Why would you want to do that? But the thing is, if you're in a survival situation and you need material to function, you got to do what you got to do. And having those skills can go a long way. Yes. And, and this is what I like about it. And this is what I'm passionate about it is that this is how people used to live. This is how we build our country, right? We went this way. And now with the recent technologies, like for the last, I don't know, maybe 60 years, we're starting to lose all those little, little skills. But this is what I'm, I like so much about the Rangers is that they still have some. I met some people that were born in Igloo. I was like, wow, couldn't believe it. They know how to build an Igloo within two hours. They can make a house in the wilderness by themselves, using a panna that they call it a snow knife, just using this. I was finding it unbelievable. And also for the uh, Inui, there's a, a lot of tradition, right? And when you're able to build your own igloo, when you're going out of your first igloo that you're building, the people are lining up on the side of the uh, entrance and they're applauding you, like clapping their hands to welcome you into this new world. And now after that, you're considered to be a grown-up because you can build your own house <laughs> and you can survive out there by your own. It's just unbelievable. So you've had deployments to Afghanistan. You've done a lot of what I would call maybe traditional army stuff. And now you're up north and you're learning a lot of these uh, unique skills. How does this stuff make you a better soldier? It's making me a well more round soldier when we're thinking just about like the administration that we have to do as well for the the patrols, right? The, the, the community, the rangers itself. Like when we're arriving over there, like I need to know the next of kin. I need to grab their emergency contact form. I need to know and understand how to do a 638 to use the equipment of the military. So I, I'm the QM, the quartermaster as well, right? I need to be good on the range to be a range safety officer for the rangers when we're doing our PWT3 with the C19, the, the personal weapon training <laughs> yeah. for the, the C19, which is the, the Atika 308 that we're using. So I think that this is helping me to do it. So like, I think the people that are coming over here are going to be coming well uh, rounded, more uh, well rounded. Yeah, I'll say it like that. So I think you're, you're coming to the end of your time up there. What would you have to say to the next person that's coming in? Uh, is to be patient. That will be the first thing that I will tell them. To keep their eyes open and to seize every opportunity that is presented to them. You're going to live a good time over here. That's what I will tell them. You make me want to go up there. Like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> nice. I really like how into this you are. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, like this is a unique place to come. Like if you want to live the adventure, 
it's the last frontiers, right? It is the wild north and the wilderness is unbelievable. Also on the civilian side, if you like to hunt fish, if you like the wilderness, it's a good place. And even for the people that like to be in the city, Yellowknife is a big city that have like 20,000 people. We have uh, McDonald's and Walmart Canadian Tire. So we have everything. Like the schools is good for the children. No traffic. Like, come on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's good living. It's just unbelievable. The life in the north. You yeah. know your town's a town when you have a Walmart in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is my factor, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for telling us about your story. It was really interesting, and uh, I hope to have the chance to talk to you again sometime. Awesome. Me too. It was a pure pleasure, eh? Fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us that opportunity. Yeah, it's our pleasure. That was Warrant Officer Maxime Richard from the 1st Canadian Ranger Patrol Group in Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. Listen, folks, safety brief time. I like riding motorcycles and tons of you out there do. Just want to say, if you ride, be safe out there. And if you don't, look out for people who are. Every year, people get back on their bikes and soldiers get hurt. So stay sharp out there and stay safe. Horton out. All right. It's funny. Um, so I was a private in Afghanistan with two VP in 08, and we ripped out with the Van Dues. Yes. Roughly around the same time when you were there. On Fob Fabulous. Yeah, yeah, Fob Fabulous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was there. When I saw your picture, I thought you were the section commander because he was a blonde guy like you with a beard. And I was like, I was sure it was you, but it wasn't. But we were probably there at the same time. But now that was in 2008. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was on Fab Fabulous. Yeah, so I wasn't section commander at that time. I was uh, a corporal. Yeah. But the uh, in 2010, I was a section commander uh, over there. We had this Van Du section commander, and he didn't speak English. And uh, I was the only guy there who spoke French. <laughs> so I was like, it was like the, this sergeant and then my sergeant. And I always had to translate for them because they both didn't understand each other. <laughs> yeah. and they were trying to do the rip. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is how how we did like in those early years, right, of Afghanistan, yeah. where uh, like not everybody was speaking in English at, at that time, so yeah. we we're having translator in both teams, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah, so tell me about that hunting on the on the trail, by the way. How, how did that go? Oh yeah, so yeah, the the uh, the hunting on the canoe trail, uh, it is. Uh, right in between Norman's Well and Whitehorse. And it is just like uh, a trail that they built in 1947 after the Great War. And uh, they wanted to bring the oil from Canada to uh, uh, Vancouver to be able to, to to have some for the boats, for, for everything that we need, right? Yeah. They wanted to bring that oil. And uh, like they maintained that trail for quite a while. And after that, the project just went down and they, they found another route to bring the oil. And uh, we, we which was all right, but like this is became one of the most pristine area to go hunt in North America. Wow. So you're going there, you're having tags like from uh, doll sheep, wolf, wolverine, grizzly bear, caribou, mountain caribou. Uh, like you have like a rainbow in your hand and you just go out there and it is like beautiful, beautiful. Me, I went there and I traveled from Yellowknife to go into the trail with one of my buddy and we went quadding and we just found 
animals uh and it was just phenomenal with regards like when, when you're you're not going into your stand waiting for the animal to come because you're baiting it yeah, like yeah. you're actually hunting the animal and trying to find it you know so like uh for me and for a lot of people that that are big into that this is like the the olympic of hunting like in your life right yeah 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 exactly yeah man it's funny like i always wanted to do especially when i was in shiloh like i always wanted to do hunting but i never really i never took the time to get into it but like i have a lot of friends that are into it and i get it like it it, it sounds like a really good time and i love like i do backcountry camping i'm a portaging guy nice. so i love go so i get it it's like the same i you're just way out there and there's animals everywhere and it's just it's just beautiful so i get it yeah and it's the same same for the fishing like there's a lot of people that are going on the east arm of the great slave lake and they go find like 60 year old trout Uh, in that lake <laughs> yeah. that are humongous like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, a surgeon Galen, like he found like a 51 inch pike 51 inch pike <laughs> that's <laughs> insane just, oh yeah <laughs> oh my god it's just crazy right <laughs> man yeah no it's really really good for this over here well you're gonna eat a while for that <laughs> <hop of> that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah